Welcome to another episode of IAP Radio. IAP stands for In a Pickle, and this is the show that is dedicated to the less glamorous side of baseball. And I am your host, Dave Houghton. Thank you so much for coming back and checking out this show. We are in season two. This is episode four, and baseball is finally back. After a 99-day lockout, players and owners agreed to whatever they wanted to fight about. And now we have baseball back. The home opener is set for April, and I can't be more excited. Owners have decided to open up their wallets, and the players have decided to take what's rightfully theirs. But not every owner is the smartest businessman out there. I got a story for you today. And this involves the New York Mets. This is the story when the Mets played for Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff, as you may or may not remember, is the man behind the $64 billion Ponzi scheme, which was the largest financial crime in history of the United States. Well, he happens to be longtime associates with former Mets owner Fred Wilpon. After Madoff was arrested in 2008, questions surrounding his role with Wilpon and the team's finances began to circulate. Using information from available media reports, we can get an idea of the extent to Bernie Madoff's ties to the New York Mets. Now, just to give you a little history, Fred Wilpon and his brother-in-law, Sal Katz, co-founded a real estate development company called Sterling Equities in 1972. In 1985, Wilpon invested $3 million with Bernie Madoff. This investment anchored Sterling's business empire and served as the beginning of Wilpon's business relationship with Madoff, a relationship that continued for over a decade. In fact, according to Crane's New York business, Sterling has purchased or developed more than 23 million square feet of commercial property, along with 57,000 residential units, 8 million square feet of retail properties, and four sports complexes. Sterling was also responsible for developing Madoff's office on 885 3rd Ave. By the time Madoff was arrested, Sterling Equities had 483 different accounts with Madoff. Wilpon also had 17 personal accounts with Madoff. According to the New York Times, more than 500 accounts can be tied to Wilpon and his brother-in-law, who at the time was the Mets president. While we can clearly establish a significant business relationship between Wilpon and Madoff, there is evidence that suggests their relationship extended beyond business. Take, for example, the fact that Madoff and Wilpon both resided with their families in Roslyn, New York, a fact that allowed their sons to be childhood friends. The New York Times even noted that Fred Wilpon's son, Jeff, was married at the Fresh Meadows Country Club on Long Island. Bernie Madoff and his wife were there. And when Mr. Madoff's son, Mark, was married at the same country club, Mr. Wilpon was a guest. The New York Times also noted that Madoff and the Wilpons often traveled together and that the three men, that's Wilpon, Katz, and Madoff, came to support and involve themselves in a number of the same endeavors. In an article from the New Yorker 
on the same topic, it was noted that Fred and his wife Judy and Bernie and his wife Ruth became friends, sharing occasional trips and dinners a few times a year. Both families had vacation houses in Palm Beach. Here's a fun fact for you. According to ESPN, Dodgers legend Sandy Koufax is a childhood friend of Wilpon and also had an account with Madoff. Koufax is a regular attendee of Mets spring training in Port St. Lucie, Florida. With all this information in mind, as well as the fact that the two men would commute together from the same Long Island Railroad station, it can certainly be suggested that their relationship extended far beyond business. Wilpon and Madoff were intertwined geographically and socially, along with friends and business partners. So how does this tie with the New York Mets, you ask? In 1980, Wilpon bought 1% stake in the Mets from owner Charles Payson. And by 1986, he owned half the team with Nelson Doubleday Jr., who is part of the family that owns Doubleday and Company Publishing Firm. In 2002, Wilpon bought out Doubleday shares for $391 million to become the majority owner of the team. Madoff and Wilpon began their business relationship in 1985 when Wilpon owned 1% of the Mets and a year before Wilpon purchased half the stake in the Mets. According to Josh Nathan Katz of The Forward, Madoff's role in the Mets organization was that of a very rich uncle whose season ticket seats were near those of Sal Katz and Fred Wilpon. The Mets' rich uncle had such an elite level of status within the Mets hierarchy that he had season tickets next to the owners of the team. According to former Mets employees, Bernie was part of the business plan for the Mets. While it does not rival the number of accounts Sterling had, the Mets as an organization had 16 accounts with Madoff themselves. Cash flow for the day-to-day -day Mets operation was actually paid out of the Madoff accounts. When the Mets signed big contracts that involved a compensation, cash flow for the day-to-day -day Mets operation was paid out of the Madoff accounts. When the Mets signed big contracts that involved compensation, Madoff held that money. This implies that Madoff played a big role in the Mets' financial construction of their roster. The idea that Madoff impacted the finances behind free agent acquisition was stated in the New York Times. When the Mets negotiated their large contracts with star players, they sometimes adopted the strategy of placing the money owed to the players with Madoff's investment firm. They would have to pay the players, but the owners of the club would be able to make money from themselves in the meantime, which kind of seems like embezzling. This proves... Th that expensive free agents were only acquired by the Mets because Wilpon could make money off the contract by deferring money with Madoff's investment firm. Madoff had a direct impact on the amount of money the Mets had to sign players for, which had a direct impact on the quality of the overall roster. We can assume that if Wilpon did not have the option to defer expensive player contracts and make money by paying it off later, he would not have offered expensive contracts to all players. We can establish that Madoff's ties to the Mets' day-to-day -day operation are extensive. With the owners financially dependent on Madoff's accounts for all their properties, which includes Sterling Equities, the regional sports network, Sportsnet New York, SNY, 
City Field, and the Mets organization. According to Crane's New York business, SNY is the nation's second largest sports network with 9.2 million subscribers and is estimated to be worth over a billion dollars in 2011. Most Mets games are aired on SNY. We can also establish that the two men's businesses as a whole were extensively intertwined and dependent on one another. In fact, according to the New York Times, lawyer Jerry Resman, who represented the commercial real estate investors who lost a total of $150 million to Madoff, noted the relationship between Fred and Bernie became closer and closer because Bernie was returning more and more to Fred in terms of his investment. While Bernie, well, while Bernie is getting exposure from Fred and Saul, they both relied on each other for money, and Bernie also relied on Fred for contacts. Since Madoff and Wilpon's financial success can largely be attributed to the relationship they had with each other, it's fair to assume that Wilpon's loss, that if Wilpon lost access to Madoff's business, then Wilpon's business would have had a negative impact from a financial perspective. Bernie Madoff was arrested on December 11, 2008 for his $65 million fraud. According to the New York Times, three days before Mr. Madoff's arrest, there was a meeting on the board of the Gift of Life, a bone marrow donor registry. It was held in Bernie's office. His former secretary said that Mr. Wilpon was there. In the days leading up to Bernie's arrest, Fred Wilpon was still an associate of his. Following Madoff's arrest, a bankruptcy trustee named Irving Pachad was tasked with attempting to return money to the victims of the Ponzi scheme. Pachad went after Wilpon in the lawsuit. According to Crane's New York business, Irving demanded that the Wilpons return $300 million in fictitious profits paid out to their families, their associates, and their business by Mr. Madoff's firm over many years. In regards to the lawsuit, the New York Times noted that the lawsuit seeks to hold the Wilpons and the Cats responsible for indirect benefits delivered derived from the apparent success of their many investments with Madoff's firm, which allowed them to flourish in other areas, including buying the New York Mets. Lawyers calculated that those gains at about $700 million beyond the $300 million in fictitious profits that he contends the two men collected over the years that he also Prachad claims that Wilpon was able to indirectly benefit from investments with Madoff and calculated those gains to be higher than 300 million. Prachard wanted $1 billion total from the Wilpons because of the significance his role played in the Madoff scandal. The New York Times also noted that Prachard was initially seeking an extra $700 million because he says the Mets owner looked the other way while they benefited from Madoff's fraud. Knowing what we know about Wilpon's relationship with Madoff, it's easy to assume that he had a high enough status to know what Madoff was doing, but to not use his power that came with the status to do anything about it. In fact, according to court filings, it showed that the Mets owner's 
had been warned multiple times by financial professionals that Madoff's investment returns were unrealistic, but the owners denied those allegations. Clearly, Wilpon ignored the warnings because it benefited him to do so. He did not go against Madoff and his fraud at any point because of how financially important it was to his business. Had it not benefited him, Wilpon most likely would have stopped investing with Madoff as one should do after learning something was fraudulent. According to the New York Times, Wilpon and Katz knew that Madoff's returns were almost statistically impossible and sharply at odds with his split strike conversion strategy. They simply disregarded any criticism of Madoff and simply buried their heads in the sand. Wilpon was actively complicit in Madoff's crimes and continued to let it happen since it profited Wilpon to do so. Jeff Wilpon, Saul Katz, and Fred Wilpon allegedly used fraudulent profits from their investments with Madoff to pay salaries to run the New York Mets. Pritchard's lawsuit against Wilpon did go to trial, but a settlement was eventually reached before the jury had a chance to rule. The New York Times found that the settlement noted that Mr. Pritchard's dropped the claim that the men had ignored warnings about Mr. Madoff, Mr. Wilpon, and Mr. Katz agreed that they were obligated to pay back $162 million in so-called fictitious profits that they had reaped from their net winning accounts from 2002 to 2008. It was a huge win for the Wilpons. He was not required to pay back the initial $1 billion that lawyers were attempting to collect from him. However, according to ESPN, as part of the Wilpon settlement with trustees, the side stipulated that the Wilpons lost $178 million in certain Madoff funds while making $160 million from other funds. While the settlement implies that Wilpon overall had lost money with Madoff, that isn't what lawyers are saying. According to The New Yorker, Irving Pichard wrote, quote, there were thousands of victims of Madoff's massive Ponzi scheme, but Sal Katz is not one of them. Neither is Fred Wilpon. Instead, according to Pichard, Wilpon and Katz were enablers and willfully turned a blind eye to every objective of fraud before them. The thousands of innocent people who lost their fortune because of Madoff were victims. Wilpon did not have his fortune stolen from him, nor did investing with Murdoff negatively impact his finances. Wilpon was not a victim of Madoff. In fact, his longtime friend and business associate was able to expand his fortune and wealth as a result of his investment with Madoff. So if Wilpon himself is not the victim to Madoff, then the fans of the New York Mets are. When Madoff was arrested in 2008, the Mets had the second highest payroll in baseball and had spent every season since 2003 as a top five payroll team. The Mets, who play in big old New York, were being financially run like a large market team throughout the 2000s with the help of Bernie Madoff. However, without Madoff, by 2014, the Mets ranked 22nd 
in payroll. A far drop-off from a decade prior. Given Wilpon's history with Madoff and the team's decrease in spending, you would think that Major League Baseball would have concerns with who's running the Mets. However, in 2009, Commissioner Bud Selig said, I have enormous respect for Fred Wilpon and his family, and I have no evidence that the Mets have been negatively impacted at all. Fred Wilpon keeps saying over and over again that they haven't been and have no concerns about their financial stability, even after the Mets borrowed $25 million from the MLB in 2010 and took a year to repay the loan. Commissioner Bud Sealing said in 2011, we are doing fine with the Mets. I don't have any concerns. I do have a lot of concerns, but the Mets are not one of them. Sealing and the MLB supported the Wilpons following Madoff's arrest and allowed Fred to retain control of the team. In 2015, new commissioner Rob Manfred called Wilpon a victim of the Ponzi scandal. When reminded of the Mets' massive decrease in payroll, Manfred said, under the basic agreement, it's not really the business of central baseball to second-guess payroll decisions by clubs. I am satisfied that the New York Mets have a very strong desire to be successful on the field and that they're making the decisions directed at being successful on the field. I am also satisfied that they have significant resources to be successful. Manfred also believes that the Mets could be victims of a huge financial crime while also still providing significant resources to be successful. Nothing about the behavior of the MLB would suggest that they have any problems with Wilpon owning the Mets and how they are being run. Based on all this information, we can clearly see that Bernie Madoff had a personal and business relationship with Fred Wilpon, a relationship that extended into the day-to-day -day operations of the team. We know that Fred Wilpon was warned of Madoff's fraudulence and was complicit in the crimes because it was profitable for Wilpon to do so. We know that the extent of their ties are so strong that Wilpon was initially charged $1 billion to the victims of Bernie Madoff. We know that the Mets have been unable to sustain themselves as a large market team without Bernie Madoff, as the Mets payroll has not returned to the pre-arrest level since 2020, leaving them a middle market team in the large market city. Yet, Wilpon has never been questioned by the MLB. The conditions of the New York Mets after Bernie Madoff's arrests was concerning and significant enough to warrant the attention of every single Mets fan. The ties between Fred Wilpon and, Murdy and Bernie Madoff are so extensive that the relationship has played a significant role in the success and the abilities of the New York Mets baseball team, which has only had two winning seasons since Madoff's arrest 13 years ago. Now, Steve Cohen has entered the chat. Steve became a minority shareholder of the New York Mets in 2012 with an 8% stake in the team. On August 27th, 2020, news sources announced that Steve had entered into exclusive negotiations with Fred Wilpon and Saul Katz to buy a controlling interest in the Mets. On September 14th, 2020, 
an agreement was made to give Steve majority control of the New York Mets pending approval from MLB owners. On October 20th, MLB ownership committee approved the Mets, approved the sale of the Mets to Steve Cohen. On October 30th, MLB owners officially approved the sale, making Cohen the new majority owner of the Mets and the richest owner in baseball. On November 6th, Cohen closed out a deal with Sterling Equities to officially become the new owner of the team. Now, the Mets have the money and the moves to make it back into the World Series, a place where they have not been since 2016. They also have one of the best chances to actually win the series, something that they have not done since 1986. So that is Bernie Madoff's role with the Mets. Most Mets fans probably know this story. And you know, being a diehard Red Sox fan, I suffered through a lot of things with the World Series, not winning a World Series in 86 years. And uh, of course, the Red Sox have gone on to win four different times, where the Mets have not gone on to win a World Series since beating the Red Sox in 86. I feel for the Mets. I feel for every team who has some significant impact financially and just cannot get out of their own way in order to be successful. One of my second favorite teams, and don't tell my dad, is the Mets. I absolutely hate the Yankees, and I will, if I had to root for a New York team, it would definitely be the Mets. So opening day is coming around the corner. Let's see what happens in October. Hopefully the Mets can make it that far. And, uh, Hopefully, they'll lose to the Red Sox in the World Series. What Only one can hope here. All right, so thank you for listening to this story. You can check out our past episodes at iapradio.com. Go over to that link and check out all of our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, anywhere that you like to watch little fun videos and hear ridiculous tweets. We're in the midst of the free agent extravaganza and i am doing up-to-date stories each and every day when they come in across my table we are also on the mayday media network you can check that out at maydaymedianetwork.com if you have a podcast idea but cannot put in the work to produce that podcast mayday media network will help you with your idea you don't even have to be in the same room all right so again thank you so much for listening to this episode Check out more at iapradio.com, and we will see you next week. Goodbye.